Good morning, everyone. I am Reverend Wendy Silvers, and you have arrived at the Awakened Mother podcast. This is a weekly dialogue with leading visionaries, experts, moms, dads, moms on the ground, philosophers, spiritual teachers that are that come here to provide education, empowerment so that we can evolve forward the role and the sanctity of the mother in our world. So this is about truth and transparency. And today we're taking a very different direction and we're gonna dive deep into um, politics and justice in a a very specific way. I'm really honored uh, to have with me Philippe Argelier, who is uh, someone that I have known personally for a number of years uh, through our uh, our connection through Michael uh, Bernard Beckwith. And uh, I know his wife, our kids have played together. And today um, we are joining because Philippe also owns the four largest data banks in the entire world. And we are going to break down exactly what that means, what that represents, his work. He, um, He has a very, very rich, history. Um, His uh, maternal grandfather, who was Corsican and with whom he was very close, was a hero of the resistance in the Second World War, and he saved many Jewish families. And his father, uh, Commander Argelier, also played a very important role during World War II in Lebanon and Syria, where he was responsible for resolving conflicts between Bedouin tribes and Patriot Emeritus, he was one of the first and the youngest lieutenant to heed the rallying call of General de Gaulle on June 18, 1940. He received many awards. And Philippe has had a very wide and varied experience in his life as as an entrepreneur, as a visionary, and also um, at a very uh, young age as a financier. He was invited to advise the president of a small North African country Um, And it is from that particular role that we are going to dive into how it came to be that Philippe uh, has these four data banks. And there's so much that I can tell you about Philippe. And I know that the eyes of uh, the world are upon him and are probably viewing uh, this particular dialogue. So I just invite you to be aware of who is in the room with us today. So welcome, Philippe, to the Awakened Mother podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much, Wendy. How are you? I am doing great. I'm I'm delighted. Uh, I'm delighted that you're here. I'm delighted that you have uh, the time and the ability to to speak uh, to speak with us regarding this very important um, passage of time that we're in. Indeed, and and before anything, Wendy, I wish I could see you. Let me tell you, I have a big uh, square uh, with um, some notification, and I I can't I can't see your table. I can't see the flower, but I can't see your face. So I'm gonna try to get rid of this. Hopefully, okay, I'll, I'll still be with you. Let me see how I can get rid of this. Okay, I'll pause for one sec. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. You're perfect. You are perfect. Okay. Perfect. Now I have you and I can see your face. Beautiful. Okay, good. Okay, good. 
right. rather see your face than some notification, as you can imagine. Yes, yeah. indeed, uh, Wendy, I, uh, I decided to uh, take the time to go ahead with your interview based upon the past we've had and also based upon the work you do. Uh, I'm, I was very sensitive uh, with your dedication to the right consciousness bringing to this world. And, um, and yes, uh, at this moment, we're being watched by uh, heads of state. I can tell you that for a fact. Uh, also, at this moment, the, the data banks are very sensitive all over the world because they detain uh, what basically cannot be detained. And that's, that's what the equation here is. But um, no matter what, I have only one mission is to bring transparency to 8 billion people on earth and, and love and justice. So yes. I'm here to answer your questions. Thank you. Well, uh, I was watching something recently and what moved me also in our uh, multiple conversations, what, what I know is that you have a dedication, you have a, you're on a quest to bring forth truth and justice, not only for the people, but for the children. And for the next, you know, I have this uh, belief of the next seven generations that whatever we do, what our decisions and our actions impact the next seven generations in front of us, as well as when we do the inner work and we heal the places within us that are quote unquote wounded, we also heal seven generations behind and in front. And you have a you have a legacy, Philippe. You have a legacy of your father and your grandfather and then your own and uh, your own embodiment of what that means and the various various explorations uh, you know that you have done as an entrepreneur. You've held very high positions um, in everything that you've done, uh, director of security at the palace, in LA, you know, working with, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, we're going back, right? You know, the the clothing line, also the work that you did as a financier. And then you, you began as a consultant because of a relationship that you had with a North African president. My, one of the things that I'm curious about is in terms of the data bank. So for those that are watching and listening and don't have an idea what is in the data bank? What does that mean? Is it conversations? Are they documents? How did you obtain them? Well, first, uh, you did a very short, uh, very, very short history, and, 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 and we won't be able anyway to, um, to go over uh, what I've done until now. But I got to give you the key element. Um, uh, in, um, uh, before I got into government, being a consultant for government, I, um, I was dealing with, in South America, building a very high-end resort um, with individuals that were part of my childhood uh, when I was a baby. You know, you, the background of my family, besides my father being the president of the Free French Forces, he contributed to the expansion of the South of France with my unofficial godfather, his name was Jacques Metzin. It's a dynasty of 60 years. So they basically, the Argelier family and the Metzin family built literally the South of France from the 1980 to the end of 1990. So since a little boy, I was always involved with these very strong individuals. And at one point, uh, Jacques Metzin had a big trouble with the law uh, here in France. It was very unfortunate. 
he was absolutely innocent, but back to politicians. You know how, how it goes. So he seeked political asylum in South America. He resided with President Menem in Argentina. And at the time, myself, very young, I was a very young entrepreneur. I built um, a small empire in nightlife in Belgium. I owned many discotheques and restaurants, very successful, very quickly. And, um, and at one point, when, I, when bad thing hit uh, the situation of Jacques, and when he was in South America, I decided to do um, work with him. And even though he was like my, uh, you know, my father's figure, and he was very straightforward with me. And he said, Philippe, um, beautiful. Uh, what are you willing to do? And at that point, I said, I'm willing to put 80% of my net assets, which was very big for me at the time. And uh, he said, okay, that would be sufficient for me to move forward with my other partners. And so we did build, you need to know that, in, in three years, um, two resorts uh, from millions of euros. Uh, we were able to, to hit the first billion in, in less than three years, very successful. And at that point, one of, the, one of my partners, and here we are, we are, so I'll be able to answer your question, was a very close friend of an African president of a very small country in Africa. And this president uh, was, has been watching me for the past three, four years, was very impressed by the work that I, that I did for these older individuals. At the time also, I was the owner of a very large offshore management company in Luxembourg and in Liechtenstein. And it fell exactly in what this president was looking for. So out of not nowhere, but uh, I was uh, informed that um, an official from that government would be meeting with me in the south of France, which I did, and I met with him. And this all started at that point. It was the meeting took place in 1999. We negotiated the deal uh, basically uh, the whole year 2000. And my first contract was signed on May 31st, uh, no, May 30th, excuse me, 2001. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where... I entered into a government, my very first government contract. My mission was to expand the tourism of this country, but needless to say that within a few weeks, uh, I learned very quickly that that was not what he was interested in. He was interested in basically building another um, financial structure for his country on an official status and on an unofficial status. What does that mean, an unofficial status? Well, welcome to the shadow government. Uh, This is what it means. Uh, Basically, you do have uh, governments that you elect uh, every four years. Unfortunately, there is a lot of waste of your time going and voting, but still that's what needs to be done. But you need to know that behind the scene, there is a shadow government. So this means there are individuals who are actually extremely powerful people uh, besides their wealth, uh, people who actually have authority over most of the elected presidents. And that's what I refer to as the shadow government. And this today is um, uh, basically for the past 15 years, they've been ruling uh, the day-to-day lives of billions of people on earth. Philippe Argelier 
decided on November 8, 2001, and this is where it all started, when September 11 hit, mm -hmm. two weeks after I received a phone call and official from the country wanted to meet with me. And uh, the explanation was very clear. My first goal, my first mission I was asked for is to basically locate US troops in that particular country. And we're talking about November 2001 right. to basically prepare the war of Iraq that was officially launched by Bush on March 2003. And at that moment, I felt the need, the urgency to come up with an entity that would actually uh, put together all the information behind the scene instructed by official individuals from official government. And this is why we, we refer to data bank. Mm -hmm. Basically the first data bank was built on November 8, 2001. It was an entity that was agreed upon the president at the time as to what we're going to do is very simple. We're just going to put on audio, video, um, record, uh, writing contract. We're going to keep everything into a bank referred to as data bank, just in case for the future it might be helpful. And from that point, again, I had the full authorization to do this with the president. This actual president is still the president while I'm speaking to you of this small African country, small but extremely powerful. Which one is and it? And along the way, we decided with my consultant to build three other data banks. And today, I did purchase the last three very recently, less than a year ago. And uh, at this moment, I own the four largest data banks in the world. So data banks are simply entities that have put together all the unofficial knowledge that actually is the official knowledge that run the world today. So and I know it might be a little bit, it's, you need a gymnastic here to understand this, but that's what it is. Yes. Uh, well, it's very helpful because I want to make sure that whoever's listening to this and or watching this can understand, can take in the enormity of what you're speaking to and what you've accomplished. And so one of the questions uh, that someone asked me was, have you obtained all of this information? First of all, what's the name of the country? Have you obtained all of this information legally and are you still obtaining information? Well, to begin with, everything we do is legal. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't be speaking to you. I have a status very similar to a head of a state, even though I'm very unofficial. Mm -hmm. uh, the countries that we're dealing with, as you can imagine, there is, there is a, a very strict um, confidential uh, uh, contracts that we have. So I won't be able to tell you which one they are. But you've been following us. Uh, at least for the past six years, uh, data banks uh, were the origin of, I don't know, uh, in the United States, uh, it was still very well known in the main media. I'm sure you heard about the Panama Papers mm -hmm. or Pandora Papers or um, uh, basically the past six years, everything that came out, uh, out in the world, they were not supposed to be known to the big audience came from our databank, even though, and that's the key element here, we're not whistleblowers. Mm -hmm. 
I repeat, we are not whistleblowers. Who we are, we own information, we own intelligence. And what we do, when we feel like the timing is right, we make this information available. That's all we do. So then you have people there, I'm sure you heard about Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and so forth. People that actually were directly linked way uh, before to uh, our data banks. Julian Assange himself decided to go on his own. Um, we know where he is today. So uh, the thing is, yes, those entities are legal. We are not whistleblowers. We just detain very sensitive information that today can make the difference between right and wrong, between justice and injustice. And it would be up to us. I repeat, only up to us to decide what the outcome will be in the next three years. As simple as this. What does that mean? So, what does that mean? What it means is that we will put uh, pressure on certain governments that we mm -hmm. feel like they should change their direction. At the same time, I can tell you that uh, back at the end of 2014, beginning of 2015, when I officially ended up my official contract with those countries, even though we do not end a contract, it's a lifetime commitment. Mm. Uh, just know that I was asked to work on a strategy that will come out in 2020 there was direct there will be directly linked to the gates foundation work in africa and we've been following his work for the past 15 years and uh, at the time in 2015 obviously uh, i was not fully informed of what we were uh, um, referring to but before 2020 i knew exactly what uh, uh, the, the 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 strategy was about and and obviously the world got hit with COVID mm -hmm. and, um, and you've been living uh, basically, uh, we've, we went through the world, went through past two years, I mean, from 20 to 2022 um, with this, um, I won't even know, I, won't, I, won't, I cannot even find the word for it. I think this is the most spectacular work ever done in the history of governments in such short period of time to, uh, to be able to take 8 billion people literally hostage of a new direction that governments are taking while we speak. Mm -hmm. And I will refer this as to COVID-19 and the coronavirus and so forth. So obviously I'm, it's very unfortunate that I won't be able to expand on this, but you need to know that us, consultants of governments, we were informed of that something would be hitting the world in 2020, and this is back in 2015. And I can tell you one thing. Uh, once I had this specific information, when COVID was uh, uh, hit France, within 24 hours, in writing, I gave the official agenda of the French government for the next two years of what will be going in my country uh, since we had access to it. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so it is in, isn't it interesting that um, out of nowhere, a virus comes out. At the same time, there is some injection referred to as vaccine. And uh, when you all know that it takes 10 years, basically, to, uh, um, to find uh, the right vaccination. So my message here is to say that um, um, the world is not going into the right direction, far from it. The past two years, I would refer to is hell on earth. And, um, and now at that moment, it would be up to our data banks to decide what the next direction will be. Uh, we're not threatening anyone, far from it. We are not looking for any conflict, far from it, on the other hand. We're asking these individuals to think twice about what the next move shall be for them, because at the same time, we do have um, some very interesting information about the work behind the scene. And that's where the shadow government today is very anxious to know what the next, our next step is going to be. And... um, I myself, I'm very curious to know what the next step is going to be. But I want to make sure that the message here is, is very clear. We are people of love. We are people with the right consciousness, which is very odd when you deal with governments. That's why we are setting us apart from these individuals. Right. At the same time, they do not really have a lot of information on us. While at the same time, we do have I would say all of the information on them. Mm. So this is where our data banks become very sensitive. And, uh, but again, we're not here to look for any conflict. I love that. Thank you, Philippe. Uh, at, toward the end, we're gonna open up for some questions. I'm receiving some questions uh, in the chat. I, I would like to ask you with regard to uh, the information you received in 2015 uh, regarding something happening in 2020. So did you receive that verbally? Did you receive that in a meeting? Was it something that- Well, I was in a, in a, in a room. We were meeting with uh, a few individuals and um, there was someone that was actually working for uh, the American government at the time. And because we were, and we are the only one ex- expert in this uh, advising uh, um, um, African governments. Although, let me tell you, uh, African governments, uh, actually there are three countries in Africa that are being used as platforms. And the rest is, is unfortunately part of the African continent with all the corruption and everything that we all know. But yes, I was in a room where I was asked if I were okay to keep on working only on one strategy that will be directly linked to the Bill Gates Foundation, his work in the countries of Africa. And that's all I had at the time as information. They came twice to me, the end of 2014, beginning of 2015. I refused to be part of any strategy dealing with the Gates Foundation. On the other hand, we were a group of 50 consultants. Mm-hmm. I owned the first data banks. They owned the three others. What happened from 2015 to 
today, I'm sure uh, some of the data banks must, must have very significant information. That, that's basically all I can say. And um, at the same time, about a year ago, I purchased the, the, the three others. And let me tell you, that was very interesting because I purchased them on September 30th, 2021, on October 4th at a location called Cap Martin in the south of France. I was attending a meeting, very private, four days after the purchase of the three other data banks. I had an offer for 20 billion euros to see if I was willing to sell them. And I can, I can cite her name, is Maria Zak. She's the founder of Nations in Action. We've been very close for the past few years actually a few years, a year and a half. And she worked uh, with, with me very closely for the past year. I conducted many interviews with her, through her. And at the same time that I was offered that amount, she was offered 5 million euros to stop all um, communication with Philippe Argelier as the owner of those data banks. She refused the 5 million euros. I obviously refused the 20B billion, it was simply a pure insult because if we were to put a number of those data banks, since they gather government information and that's worth trillions of dollars, as you can imagine, if I were to sell them, yeah. uh, we don't would not even contemplate a 20B figure. But at the same time, we're not looking for any figure except to give back justice to the people of the world. That's our legacy, and this is my personal mission. Thank you for that, Philippe. It's really, it's, it's good to know that you have that uh, motivation uh, behind this extraordinary data that you have with these data banks. And there's many questions that I have for you. Uh, so one is, uh, I don't know if you know who Naomi Wolf is. Um, she's a journalist, she was a political uh, uh, stra uh, campaign strategist. Uh, she also um, is a tech CEO. And I was, uh, I was at an event the other night where she spoke about uh, the, the idea that it is the Chinese Communist Party um, that is uh, seeking to take over the United States. That what, so I'm curious because if you were in this room with all these consultants and you were asked about strategy as it related to the Gates Foundation in Africa, was there any, was there any, can you speak about whether or not there was any reference to the possibility of the Chinese government coming in and uh, taking over the United States or your, hmm. your perceptions? Or <laughs> Interesting, uh, we all know the China. Chinese people love to take over everything. Uh, and US also, you know, the, 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 my wife is American and my children are American. Myself, I was an American president. And I'm very unfortunate also, the United States of America like to also overtake everything. You know, the, the United States is an extremely arrogant country outside the borders. You need to know that. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, and very unfortunate, uh, they're making many wrong decisions. And I wish 
My biggest wish would be to have most of the taxpayers in America to just spend two days behind the scene. And, 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 and if they could experience what a shadow government is of the United States of America, outside the United States of America, and I'm sure if this were to be the case, let's do it. I would, I would doubt, and 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 I, and I know exactly what I'm saying here. I don't think that any American citizen would be willing to pay any tax whatsoever, and 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 that's the problem here. So the, the thing is, 20 years ago, we didn't have access to social network. It was much easier for governments to conduct their own activities behind taxpayers' back. Mm -hmm. Today, it's becoming a little bit more difficult because indeed, if we were just imagine if at this moment, I were to decide to give a very sensitive information when I'm speaking to you. And you know very well that if indeed this information is very sensitive, within the next 20 minutes, it is all over the world. So what I'm saying today is because we don't want to create conflict. At this moment, they're fully aware that there are entities out there, they own and tell, they cannot really be divulged. And since we're not here to create conflict, we are perfectly willing not to divulge this information as long as they will apply to our own rules and regulations directly linked to human rights. Yes. It might be very odd. You have someone here directly linked to government whose motivation is only about human rights. And I can do this work today thanks to the possibility I have to spray information anytime I want, anywhere I want. And we did an amazing work with the thing we did for the past few years They hit the whole world. And that was just for us as a tryout to see how the world will react to the information that could be launched from our data banks, taken by whistleblowers, and then spread all over the world. So the result was 100 out of 100, even 200. So we, at this moment, it's almost like not a, a, a game between mouse and the cat, but it's like, okay, this is something new that never, ever was a reality even 10 years ago. Today, there are people, they are willing to move into the direction of human rights. These individuals have the ultimate power. They own and tell. They cannot be divulged. You become priceless. You become then with this, you have the authority, in a way, to conduct the dynamic of the world. But you got to be very careful, because at this moment, this dynamic is not in alignment with human rights and the data banks. But at the same time, as I said, and I'm repeating myself, since we don't want to create conflict, we have to find the right equation where we can sit down once and for all and say, listen, you got to work with us the same way we're willing, quote, to co-work with you. As long as we can find a per perfect line here 
where the only motivation is about human rights, because we have to remember here, even the one who, making this, who are making decisions for all of us, they are simply human beings. They have a heartbeat, they can get into a car accident, and, and, and what could save them could be the same individual that happened to be a homeless on the street. And that could save the biggest CEO or president of the world. So when I'm here, basically data banks are here also to put these individuals, their feet back on the ground and say, listen, you're no more longer a big shot. You're gonna have to watch it, your language, your decisions, and we're here to work with you, but it's gonna have to be based upon human rights. That's basically what the work of the data banks right. The work is today. Yes. I so it could be confusing. I understand that the people who are listening to me could say, wow, this is, uh, but it is not. You all know whoever is listening, one, ten, thousands, I, 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 I don't care. What I want to say is that you all knew that there was something else. Well, I am confirming that it, this something else does exist as refers to the shadow government, who actually has the ultimate power over the official government. So my question to you with the databank, since you were in that meeting, was, was there any indication when you were told something was going to happen in 2020, did it involve other governments? Did it involve, yes. I mean, the, it did, the down, yes. so the World Economic Forum, um, Klaus Schwab has given, you know, I don't know, you probably saw it spread out all over your, your data. You know all this about, you know, you will own nothing and you will be happy. And uh, all of the, the different uh, uh, precepts that he, he outlined for people. And, uh, and so you have this intel that is highly sensitive. And so, the opportunity before us, I mean, the, the humanity, and I want to do, I do want to talk about your organization as well, but, you know, humanity is, is wavering at a precipice and the people that are listening and watching this are people, you know, the, this is called the awakened mother podcast. So it's people that um, have awakened, are awakening, are questioning, are, are employing critical thinking, are, so, so, what is the information that can help them know that we are going to um, triumph over what seems like basically in plain sight, telling everybody what's going to happen? Your role in that is what? Well, I, I wish I wish I had a magic wand and say um, the right consciousness uh, uh, will win. It well, will win. Yes, it, it's already won our heart and soul. Yeah. But at the same time, when you deal with uh, governments, it's a different equation. Now I want to make sure so that the people understand that we've been censored yeah. like uh, no one has ever been censored. And I want to also tell the people who are doubting, anything I say or anything I do, because uh, obviously the people who censored love to... Yeah go and, and, and give a bunch of nonsense. And actually we had, uh, we did our own investigation just for you to know for the past three years, we tracked down 
38 individuals, they were paid 5,000 euros a month, so times 38, to basically come up with um, fake accounts and so forth, to tell the whole world that data banks were a bunch of nonsense, that Philippe Argelier was just a con man and so forth. So for anyone who listened to me and believed that I'm a con man, um, I will tell her, I will tell him that he's being con. I mean, he's being, um, uh, before thinking anything bad about me, I will ask him to, uh, get an invitation to the White House. And if this older man over there is still able to conduct a meeting, uh, maybe you should sit down with him and ask where his money is going. And maybe they will think twice about the work that Philippe Argelier is doing. So I'm saying this because there are so many trollers, so many uh, things. And at this moment in my life, I've, I had that for the past two years that I have no more energy and time for these individuals. So it's very simple. What I'm telling you, what I just told you today is the truth. You right. want to believe it, it's fine. You don't want to believe it, same thing. Except for the one who refused to believe it, I just want to let them know they are participating into the work of hell that official governments are conducting over billions of people on earth. So they are fully responsible to move forward with corruption, with fake news. And that's what is so interesting because the people who defend today the, the right cause are being considered as the one, the, the one who believe that the, the earth is flat. Right. Right. <laughs> when to begin with, we are the one who are confirming that indeed the world is round and but it doesn't turn too well for the people in the world. So this is where we are. And it's a, it's a, it could be a lost battle sometimes because do you know when you want to win and, and, and uh, over people into the right direction, people are very doubtful. They said it cannot be true. It can't be an entity that actually is legitimate and can fight the wrong people. Those people must be the wrong one. They have a different agenda or they are the fake ones and so forth. Stop here. Again, four data banks in the world, they own the largest intel. They can actually make a difference all over the world. Again, it is an element of truth. There is no discussion about it. Now, if you want to go beyond your computer and say Philippe Argelier is just going in all directions, you're my guest. Thank you, Philippe. Well, one of the things that I have certainly been present to in the past almost eight years that I have been involved in bringing information forward regarding health freedom and health choice, uh, especially in the state of California, is the cognitive dissonance. It's it's beyond. It's uh, it's this. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too uh, analytical about it, but it's like this absolute psychological resistance to uh, yes. the potential 
uh, of expanding awareness. It's this idea that how could the government that we trust and we invest in, how could everybody do this? And what do you mean the media is lying to us? It's on CNN and MSNBC and BBC and you know on and on and on. Newsweek, Time, the New York Times, and so it's 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 a it's a real awakening. And and it and thank God for consciousness. Thank God for spiritual practice, because dealing with this dimension and also with, I mean, you're holding. You know, they say knowledge is power, but so is holding four databanks. You know, the lar- You know, the four databanks in the whole entire world. That is a lot of power. That is a lot to hold. It's and- a tremendous power, and it most of all based on love. And uh, you know, you know, Wendy, I had a an awakening and and uh, uh, first first I, I just want to mention about COVID nineteen. Um, um, most element even in twenty fifteen was how can we? That was the question that was asked. How can we put eight billion people under control overnight? Mm. And uh, uh, the answer came as quickly as the question: panic. Gonna have to yeah. find a way. Gonna have to find a way to uh, basically same thing. You have a daughter, Wendy. I have two. Yes. Imagine that you receive a phone call and someone were to tell you your daughter was kidnapped about an hour ago, and uh, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. What are you going to do? Your whole world is going to go down. You're gonna, you're not, you, you, you won't be able to speak or to do anything and say, okay, this is not real, but it is real. So what do they want? What can I do? Same principle. The government kidnapped their freedom. And it was very good. Within a few weeks, 4 billion people were confined mm-hmm. about a virus. The story was so grotesque. A couple in Wuhan ate some bad bath and they got sick. And within three weeks, four billion people. That was not sufficient, the confinement. Then there was the thing of the panic. And this is what I was referring as almost kidnapping your child is kidnapping your uh, intelligence because they put you in the fear mode. Yes. And once you have people fearing, I mean, their their own lives, you can do anything you want with them, anything you want with them. You can make them believe that they have to wear a mask. You can make them believe that, no, 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 no. This time it didn't take 10 years to do a vaccine. We have the vaccine ready. But where where did it come from? Don't worry. Careful. If you don't get the injection, you become a murderer because you're going to very likely infect your child, your husband. So the work was unbelievable, but so easy because they took the whole world and they said, we're going to put them in fear mode. Same thing is your child would have been kidnapped. Same principle. And when you are, so basically what they did here, they took away even your reasoning because even some people said, but wait a minute, I know it takes 10 years, but but how can I believe that? Don't even think, don't even, don't even go that far. Just do what we tell you to do. 
And I have, you know, and I know RFK uh, Jr., uh, you've been interviewing him. And if he listens to this, uh, Mr. Kennedy, I, I watch your work and uh, I, I, I'm very happy that you, you, you've, you've, you've had the, the right consciousness about Mr. Gates and so forth. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you need to know that um, um, COVID was used as a deadly weapon, even further than what you might even think. And, um, and it's important for the people like him, like you, who are doing the right work, they need to know that they're standing on very dangerous grounds because it is. People died because of this and they will die because of these injections. And, and, and the same thing, and I asked on my previous interview, it would be very interesting if Mr. Gates and Mr. Buffett will get a full audit overnight. It would be very interesting also to see what will happen since recently we have frozen many oligarchs, uh, uh, Russian oligarchs assets. My advice to all government would be the following. Tell Anyone over a billion American dollars, all of them, no exception, all frozen, all assets frozen. Doesn't mean they, will, they won't get it back. We're saying, you know what? We just want to make sure everything is okay here. And starting with the biggest one, you know, when you have a Warren Buffett uh, with his partner going again and again and again about how successful he's been in his business, who cares about his whatever billion he has? He's a homeless versus wealth of governments versus wealth of the people of the world, paying trillions of euros and, 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 and dollars with their taxes. So Buffett should go one step down. And at the same time, instead of listening to what he, he has to say about making money, I think taxpayers should ask him, okay, you say that you've given billions of euros to the Gates Foundation. We want to see a full audit, Mr. Gates, before you pass away, because you're 80 plus. When people say they give billions of euros to humanitarian cause, I want them to give us a full audit because behind the scene, our accounting doesn't match what they say. So mm -hmm. there is a problem here. So why do I, uh, Bill Gates is a big one. He owns Microsoft. He doesn't own, on the other hand, the wealth and the future of health of people of the world, even though he's bought out WHO, the World Health Organization. Let's be straightforward, we all know. So I hope that an awakening from taxpayers will help uh, these individuals to go one step down. And if needed, data banks will back up taxpayers when the timing would be appropriate. That's for sure. And one, one, many people ask about my security. People are very concerned. Let me tell you one thing. When you, when you knew me, uh, uh, when, when we've met, I was always surrounded with bodyguards everywhere and, and lead and chase vehicles and so forth. And today, being the owner of the four data banks, I can almost walk naked in the street. Let me tell you why. Because this intel, I don't have it with me anymore. It's not at the time being locked into a safe. This time it's all over the world. So it's almost virtual. So one thing for sure, it's better to keep Philippe Argelier well and in good health 
because who knows? Obviously, I have my legacy also. I don't think it would be a good idea if anyone were or anything were to happen to me because, as you can imagine, uh, I no longer own this Intel. It's in the hands of others with the right consciousness. It's a teamwork. So it's better to keep everybody healthy in the right direction. And that's why I can walk naked if I want to. And that would be no problem whatsoever for me and for the others. <laughs> that's brilliant. To look. That's brilliant. Uh, you wow. know what? It, it, that's the way it is when the, it's, this whole world is so upside down. Many people are trying to fight the good work and you've been one of them. Unfortunately, people like you have never had the, the right background. I mean, not background, the right backup. That's mm -hmm. what I meant. And, and because you know very well, even the right consciousness, science of mind, and, 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 and uh, talking about the right word, lifting up people. But isn't it something that none of these individuals are part of any governments? Never. We cannot find anywhere the, these individuals. So it's also part of the data banks in the near future to bring along these people with the right consciousness and have them participate to the future of the world, mm -hmm. making sure their voice is being heard no longer within a small circle of people, but millions and millions, like the work you do. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your commitment. Uh, I want to talk more about human rights unity. And I also, uh, so these databanks can change the trajectory of where things are going. They are what we speak. And so it's the release of information into the metaverse. I mean, we're dealing with such a, an extreme uh, virtual reality. So this information goes, goes forth and the censorship that you, yes, go ahead. Well, sometimes it really is, sometimes it is not. On the highest level, uh, you know, same thing as we are conversing, we're speaking right now at this moment, you can speak also with individuals into a room, like this room here. Actually, this room is the headquarter of Human Rights Unity in France. And um, uh, one of the rooms, we have a beautiful villa that was dedicated to the right cause. And um, sometimes you don't need to release anything. You know, when you do have the power, Wendy, you don't have to show it. Mm -hmm. People know that you have it. And that's the ultimate power. You know, some people drive Ferraris, Lamborghinis and Rolls Royce, and you would be very surprised what there is in their bank account. At the same time, you might have someone who's driving a Ford, they can actually buy Lamborghini, Rolls Royce, BMW, and Ferraris. That's, that's where we are. So those, these individuals know who we are now. They know. Yeah. So um, I, for the next step, I don't think, honestly, that any information will be released because they're smarter than this. Unless, unless it has to be done. So considering that data banks are not looking for any conflict, but at the same time knowing that the shadow governments are fully aware of the intel we own, mm -hmm. then we can start a discussion mm -hmm. and behind the scene, start to draw an agenda based upon human rights. That's basically what I'm heading to here. Nothing else. Yes. So have they contacted you? Does, has anyone, I mean, because I know a long time ago we spoke and you said that you know who the the, the leaders of the shadow government are. And, 38. Has, yeah. and has there been 
has there been a meeting to discuss next steps? I know, I'll stop there. I have another question, but has there been a meeting set up? More than one. More, more than one. More than one. The, the only thing I can tell you actually, and, and just for the heck of it, uh, uh, since Monday, uh, it's very interesting uh, to see what's going on in the United States of America. So if you know, if you, people know how to read between the lines, this is a very interesting equation. Because some individual were offered, very high-end individual in America two years ago, was offered to be part and work with data banks. And they decided not to, not to move along with this. And uh, that was not a good idea. So um, I just hope that the people who, who had this opportunity will think twice today and will come to their sense and, and move along with our agenda. Because what we do us, we, we make big openings. Our door is wide open. And, uh, and obviously people are fearing that if they get involved with data banks, they might lose uh, their position or they might interfere. On the other hand, they should think twice because data bank on this other ultimate power. So it's better, you, you'll be better off teaming up with us than against us. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, I love to watch the news in America since last Monday. Yes. Yes. Can you say more about that? No, but I mean, it's all over CNN. It's everywhere. I'm sure you guys must, uh, you know, the, 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 the thing is, um, as I said, there is in, in America, there is a problem. It's, it's, it's based upon arrogance and uh, they don't want to listen and they think they know it all because they own it all and they do not. And, and, and sometimes you deal more with ego than anything else. So how can you deal? Uh, uh, the problem is when you're sitting down uh, with eight, 10 people around the table that actually are mastering the agenda of the whole world, but when they're all just run by their ego, when you speak about consciousness and human rights, they look at you like you are a freak. They look at you like you have an ET landing but they have no choice but listen to what you have to say mm -hmm. because there is a fact that those data banks do exist. So they're just going to have to get used to the idea that until now, things happen this way. Tomorrow, things very likely will be happening a different way. So it's up to them to decide whether or not they want to team up with human rights, that's as simple as this. So I heard you say that you're considering, considering not agreeing to potentially selling the data banks. Is, did I understand that correctly? Yes. And why are you considering that? It's very What's simple. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a human being, uh, Wendy, and we have a timeline and, and I have, I'm chapter two in my life. I have so much to do from now on until I make my transition, but I am not. I am not gonna uh, uh, knock my head against that wall because the wall will win. So it's very simple. I'm giving myself three years, mm -hmm. and that was uh, this was decided very uh, about a few weeks ago. I'm gonna make data banks available to some very sensitive governments. I'm gonna make huge opening here. If they are smart, they're going to go along 
with the agenda of data banks. If they are not, it's very simple. At this moment, I gave you the, the number 20B. If I want to sell it, I'm already doubling it. So today, there are bad people that I know. They could buy my data banks overnight because they have some personal revenge to do. Mm -hmm. And definitely, if they were to get hold of this intel, I would say 80% of the world, it's an earthquake. The problem I have with that is that they won't do it for the right consciousness. They will do it for personal reasons. Right. But, he has, but if he has to take that move, I would do it. Mm -hmm. Because it would be too detrimental, I believe, unless I change my mind in the next three years to the world, knowing that we have that power to make things better. I know those people, what are they going to do with this? They're going to put down some people that you hear and see every day on television, on CNN and everything. Because unfortunately, most of the people who run your country are corrupted and they've done something bad. Or they've known someone close to them who's done something bad. So, and that could include also certain um, subject as sensitive as pedophilia. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all human beings. So I want to make sure that the people understand that people working for governments and even president are simple human beings. They have a personal mm -hmm. life. And some of these people have done a lot of big mistakes. Okay, so they have to understand that it's a big show, Air Force One, Biden going to Los Angeles. You're going to have to stop because you're going to be you got to have the sherry, the police, and, and the helicopters. This is grotesque. This is like uh, Hollywood. It works well because you stop your vehicle and it looks good. It's very impressive. Know that the real power is not sitting or flying Air Force One. That I can tell you. And this is a fact. Undisputable truth. So you're paying for someone. It's a big actor. And he works well. He's the largest, you know, if DiCaprio makes 20, 25 million euros, I want the, the taxpayers to know they're paying billions of euros, that actor, to fly on the expenses, when to begin with, he's receiving instruction from the people from the shadow government that we know very well through our data banks. Mm. Big show. And he works. He does yeah. work. And you have it's the IRS, and then you have the FBI, and then you have the CIA. Wow, very impressive. Very, and they have power. They do. Yeah, they do. There's a movement in uh, the United States for uh, a number of people who have withdrawn from the system. Uh, yeah. They call it exiting the matrix, and they become what's called just Americans. And it, it it's a whole different system. And they don't pay taxes, yeah. and they don't vote. And so, uh, is that is that something that that you foresee is uh, a way well, to go. Uh, you know, uh, it is true that every time I do any of you, many people tell me you have, we have to read between the lines with you, Mr. Arginier, and they do, and they have to. As I said, um, if, if any, any taxpayers were to spend 48 hours with me behind the scene, I don't think they'll pay taxes anymore. So yes, there is definitely something wrong here. Good taxes obviously go for some good projects, but behind the scene, we're gonna have to stop at one point this mm -hmm. corruption. And the thing for me that that that, that was the cherry on the top of uh, in, in a bad way was this COVID uh, 
where they actually took hostage billions of people. And, um, and, and we had Bill Gates in France a few months ago. That was the most spectacular thing I could have. I was saying the people must be very injected to understand that Bill Gates announced that there would be a new virus. But at the same time, he announced that, don't worry, we have the, the vaccine. So wake up, people. Someone is telling you who the new, when and where the new virus is going to come and the, and the vaccine is already done. I mean, this is like, wow. You are sitting, eating at your home with your children, someone break into your home, hold you uh, 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 a gun in your head, say, give me all the money, and then leave. And, you, and you're gonna keep eating and say, okay, I'm not gonna call the police because this is normal. Please wake up, wake up. Yeah. What more can we do for people? I don't know anymore. That's why I give myself three years and you don't, don't get it. You know, I know that I would have done the right thing, Wendy. That's, that's, you know, I'm, my conscience is clear. My legacy is clear. My mission is clear. I'm very clear. I'm crystal clear with everything. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with it, but I'm willing. And this is a message I'm giving to, through you. If there are people, extremely powerful people, even I'm inviting billionaires, whoever they are, if they want to know more about the work of data banks, they can get hold of you. And if indeed, after uh, proper investigation, they seem to be real, I'll get hold of them. Mm -hmm. Anyone who wants to contribute, even the big shot, the big ones, the, 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 whoever they are, including some politicians, I think it'll be very good for them to teach them how the system works. I think because be most of them are not very aware of it, also. They know there is something, but you know. This is something we don't really deal with. So we rather leave it alone, but we cannot leave anything alone anymore when it deals with the freedom and the well-being of the people of the world. This is a different subject. This is not about rising, you know, paying more taxes. This some, for some people, it's a question of life and death. And I'm directly referring to those injections. Yes. So, so a, a couple more questions before I check the chat. Uh, so, in terms of the um, the potential for the, you know, what Naomi said, she she also traced back most of the um, the labs are that are producing this um, shot are owned by the Chinese. And so, in terms of the data banks and in terms of next steps uh, for people, what what how can people find peace? In knowing that the data banks have their back, how, how does that how does that translate? Given this information that's coming at such a rapid pace, well, um, the commitment that I've made, and if for anyone who, who wanted to get more information about the work that we did, as I said, I refer starting with the Panama and so forth. So there is so much to to look uh, uh, with the work that we've done so far now. Unfortunately, I cannot guarantee anything. And uh, uh, the only thing I can tell this, these people, these individuals is yes, there is today a true entity of love at the level of a government, which has never been done before. And uh, uh, you know very well 
windy and and again i'm referring to the people with the science of mind and and lifting up the right consciousness none of you none of you had the proper backup none of you had the level of a government none of you are flying air force one none of you are going through red lights you gotta have to stop at the green light to let the puppet go in front of you that you pay so i'm doing the best i can to give you also that ultimate power basically i'm here to bring um, an armored vehicle that you can drive and finally that you can face the other armored vehicle and um, and so then at that point i'm sure there would be a good communication because your armored vehicle they don't know what kind of weapon you have inside and that's the key element here on the other hand even uh, uh, the, the, the big car of uh, uh, the beast of uh, uh, the president of the United States of America, even though we say we don't know everything, we know pretty much what the car is about. On the other hand, these individuals were not going to know how your car was built and what kind of armored we are speaking about. And that's going to make you very strong. It's the same thing. I'm not going to say it's like playing poker, but you don't know really what's in the hands of these individuals. Are you gonna take a chance knowing that this can put you down big time overnight? Mm. And not just with a simple contract, maybe with an audio, a video. You know, our strength is that there are a lot of guilty people out there. They made a lot of mistakes and that's a very good thing because when you don't have a clear conscience, you're just gonna to have to deal with it and make sure that the upcoming decision you'll be making will be according to your well-being. So since all of these individuals want to keep driving their Ferraris, having their yacht, flying Air Force One, and so forth, they're going to say, you know what? We might go along with the agenda of human rights. I think that might be our best interest. I that, well, I hold that in prayer, and I and I believe I really appreciate what you're saying because I know that. You know, my my role a lot of times <clears throat> has been uh, going into prayer and just tapping into that consciousness and really hold, you know, touching the hem of the garment and holding that um, I know. for for so much and and to also bring as much information. And I think about this surveillance that's happening. I think about what's being implemented, the lights and the drones. And and so I I I really hear what you're saying. And it's also the, you know, the configuration of um, operating. I mean, you're a dad, you know, your girls, you want your girls to have a really rich, full, fulfilling life of joy and peace. And then there's this, uh, and you have all of this intel, and then there's all of this information that circulates about social credit scores and surveillance and chips and and it's so much to uh to juggle yeah yeah but you and know what you said you said something about my girls and this was very interesting and uh, uh i can't you know I'm, I'm the very best in what i do wendy and in in, in in my arena of expertise yes, on the are. other hand on the other hand i wish i could be 10 percent as good as i am being a father <laughs> a daddy i am uh, this is, I think, the, been the most challenging thing I have ever witnessed in my life, experienced. <laughs> uh, and, and that also helps me keep 
my feet down on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because we're talking about family, daughters, and so forth, and, and they're born into a, a generation that is like, uh, so are there. And I realize <laughs> sometimes what people would think that should be the easiest thing of all, at least for me, it's been the most challenging thing I've ever experienced as being a father, because I only come from a place of love, but I realize that love alone is good. It's, it's the most important. But at the same time, it takes so many other different equations. Yes. When on the other hand, when people would think that what I'm doing in my arena is the most complicated, is the easiest of all. <laughs> Why? Because there are two kinds of people, the good and the bad. Well, the bad ones happen that entities are there, troubled by their side, and, 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 and made sure that they put together all the, you know, they kept all the file of the bad ones. So mm-hmm. it's very simple. Data banks are the easiest thing of all. There is no brain. It doesn't take anything whatsoever, except what it takes is the sensitivity, the, 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 it takes it's it's it, it's not a thinking process mm. it is more an, an out of an instinct what you should be doing because indeed whatever decision you make the consequences are really heavy so in one hand i have for me the easiest work that i do dealing with data banks on the other hand on a personal level with my girls i'm sure i will have to learn a lot about yeah. the fathers but when i say that other fathers tell me, well, there is not a guide, you know, like a perfect guide. Right. So the reason I mentioned that is to make sure that the people understand that we're all human beings. We all have families. Yeah. We all have our weaknesses, uh, you know, and strength. And uh, there is not a superhero out there. No one is. No one is. The one who play the superhero role, they're going to have to face the consequences of that role one way or the other, you know, that's for sure. And particularly when you deal with human rights, because you cannot have the beautiful suit and say, I'm doing this for you, when to begin with, they're not doing this for you. They're doing this for them and for the few privileged ones. They decided, 38 of them, that they will manage the world because there is nothing else you can do once you have 10, 20, or 30 billion American dollars. That, that's where he went. They went crazy. They went out there. And because of their power, some governments were very easy to be bought out, and they did. And this is where they controlled, on one hand, the corporate side of governments, on the different hand, the medical side of government through Bill Gates and WHO. It's very simple. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Wendy. Yes, thank you for your time. We didn't get a chance to talk about human rights unity, which we'll have to do a, a part two to this. I would like human rights unity is an entity that that that, that actually um, run the Rassemblement des droits de l'homme, uh, but very censored. And uh, I'm sure human rights unity will uh, will um, uh, in the next, uh, uh, as I said, within the next three years, um, based upon the decision I'll be making. Um, I guess the, the whole world will be informed, even though there are billions of people at this moment are knowing the work that we do, even though we don't put a name on it. So we're very um, 
discrete individuals. That's the only way to do it. You know, the best way when you deal with this is to be able to see and be able to hear without being seen and without being heard. That's the key element. This is how you build the DevEx. Brilliant. Thank you, Philippe. Thank, I want you. thank you so much. And I'm gonna check the chat. So, uh, so there's a woman on the line um, on, on, our, on our call who is a French, a French woman. She's been here in America for a long time. She's an activist. And she wants to connect with people in France who organize rallies. Uh, do you know any? And uh, and then she asked, what kind of information do you have? I feel like you've spoken to that. So I'm going to leave that one there, unless you feel there's additional information you want to share. And then um, it, are there people uh, or organizations in France you feel she could connect with? Uh, what kind of organization? Uh, ones that do rallies. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Rallies about what? Uh, probably health freedom, health freedom, and and medical freedom. I um, no, I wouldn't be able to. Um, I'm sure that's very easy to find. And uh, no, I wouldn't be able to recommend one, one or the other. Okay. Well, thank you. And. Uh, and so we'll bring this to a close because the other question I feel, the other two questions, I feel like you answered about what kind of information you have. You have very mm -hmm. sensitive, detailed information, videos, audios, contracts, correct? From, yes. Yes. And, uh, and I appreciate that you cannot share, you know, due to confidentiality agreements. But, you know, I'm not hiding anything here. Actually, I'm doing the right work for the people listening to us because there is one thing they have to understand is that I don't have to prove anything anyway. Uh, uh, my right consciousness is to do the right work. So if today I'm not being mysterious either, I'm just saying that to protect the whole world and to conduct the activity that I've decided to do, which is to bring uh, uh, love, peace and justice for the people of the world, including the children, I'm just going to have to uh, uh, keep doing the work that I do. And it's not important for the people to know what kind of information we, we have or we don't have. What's important for the people to know that there are entities, four of them, they own the most sensitive intel that actually can bring back human rights on earth. And that's most important. We're not here for glory. We're not here to have the medals. We're not here. We do, we're here to do the right job. So if they are still skeptical, uh, you know, I was in Mar Marrakesh, people say, inshallah, and that's exactly what I will tell them. Or my training, I will say, haraiz. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you. And uh, there was uh, I just, I'm, you are so full of information and I so appreciate um, as uh, you know, uh, such a high, a high vibratory frequency that you're holding regarding consciousness and holding this, this four data banks, the largest four data banks in the entire world in such a sacred way. And that you're willing to have people contact you and uh, engage through in you, the one who is listening, whoever okay. they are. And you know what I will ask you to end this interview? Would you be okay to do a prayer? Sure. That would be great. I'd like to end with this. Thank you, Philippe. Okay. So let's just take a breath together, breathing in through the nose, holding it at the top. Slowly exhaling. 
And I invite you to meet me in the heart, closing the outer eye, unless you're driving. And how very grateful, how very thankful I am for this opportunity to step away from the outer world of condition and circumstance, to dive deep into that place and that space within, that place and that space, that suspended place within, where I touch the hem of the garment, that place in consciousness that is unbounded, recognizing in this moment, this infinite presence that is called by a million names and answers to them all, this infinite presence that is love pressed down and overflowing, that is peace, that is joy, that is grace, this infinite invisible presence, this infinite intelligence that literally births and sustains galaxies, omnipresent, omniactive, omniscient, omnipotent, everywhere in its fullness, no place, no space, no spot where it is not. This is my source. This is my supply in every organ, action, and function of my body, my mind, and my spirit. I am overflowing with this presence. I am one with the one. And as I know this for myself, I know this for Philippe. I know this for his beautiful wife and the girls. I know that right where they are, this presence is living them, loving them, breathing their lungs and beating their hearts. And it is in and from this unified field of unconditional love that I speak this word today. Blessing Philippe for his work, blessing Philippe for the data banks, blessing and knowing that as he continues to walk forward in the direction of his soul's journey, that he is divinely guided, guarded, protected, directed, sustained, and maintained by this living, loving intelligence that so loved itself that it recreated itself and calls itself by his name. One with the one, Philippe, God, God, Philippe. For I know that this presence needs God to, ex needs needs Philippe to express through. And so this is the very activity of Philippe's life and his family's. And I just, I widen the lens and I bless humanity in particular and in specific, in the micro and in the macro. I call forth an awakening within the shadow government. I call forth an awakening, if it be like a mustard seed that burns within them, that absolutely has them wake up to peace and love and truth and equality and unity as the very activity and order of the world. I'm calling forth an, a way out of a seeming no way. I'm calling forth the safety and the and the revelations, the inspirations, the absolute liberation of people throughout the world. And I'm blessing these data banks and I'm blessing and knowing that whatever is for the highest and the greatest good of each and all of us is revealed in a language and in a way that is clearly understand. So I know that this, this time together has been very fruitful. It is gonna go forth and it is gonna multiply and absolutely within each and every person, there is a popping, there is a waking up, there is a, a recognition that, that each and all of us are here on purpose with purpose as divine individualized expressions of the one here to reveal and reflect the glory of this presence through the, through the words and the actions that we speak, remembering that love always has the final word. Mm -hmm. Love has the final word. And that there is something that has occurred this day 
with this information shared by Philippe and by these data banks that goes forth and begins a new paradigm, a new way of being that no no megalomaniacs, no no ego driven, no 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 anything but love has the way, and this love is anchored and rooted in a most dynamic and beautiful way. And for this and so much more, I am grateful. I am thankful. I just let this word be, knowing it is done, knowing it is so. I say, and so it is. So it is. Amen. Oh. That was beautiful, Wendy. Thank you, and I'm just embracing you i'm embracing your audience your beautiful girl your husband i love you i love the people and uh, you're right it's all about love nothing else i love you too and, your and keep doing the good work we're thank lucky you. to have you thank you thank you big kisses bye 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 thank you thank you